Hello, welcome to the Local Anesthetic Podcast. This is your weekly injection of mind-numbing local news. I believe this is episode 48 now, if I'm accurate in keeping track. I was thinking about this morning, I wasn't entirely sure. It I think is you're right, yeah, I'm, sure it is, I'm pretty yeah. sure it is. Last was, I'm sure the last was 47. Rob, don't speak now, I haven't introduced you yet. My name is Alex, <laughs> and this is Rob. Is anyone in any delusion who this is, that they're speaking right now? There's only two of us here. Um, if, if you're Alex, then just by a process of uh, elimination, I'm Rob. First time listeners don't know who you are, you've just interrupted. Yeah, you just true. sound like some. Hooligan. Oh, okay, hooligan. yeah, hooligan, that sounds better than loser. Hooligan loser, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Both. Hello. Welcome, welcome to the show. Um, okay, uh, if you don't know the format of the show, go back and listen to some of the earlier episodes because I'm not going to explain it all. No. Now we're going to kick straight off. But you were telling me when you arrived, or not when you arrived, but after we'd sat down, just before we were going to record, that we'd had a uh, an email from Parker again. This is Parker in Virginia. Yes, I mean, I don't. He wouldn't have actually heard our response to the, his last email um, because it hasn't actually been broadcast. Well, it hasn't actually been uh, put online because obviously we record this a week in advance that makes me feel really bad then because that means he emailed us we 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 only responded we never responded because we replied on air but he hasn't heard that yet and then he's emailed us again probably saying to us oi well get back to me I'll, what I'll do, I'll respond to this email and, and highlight the fact that we did respond to his email and apologise. Yeah, I think, we, I think we should, otherwise it could look like we've just gone cold in communication, which of yeah. course we haven't, Parker. But Parker was a guy who lives in Virginia, in the United States, and he sent us a great story about a, uh, a beaver attack on some woman, and if you want to hear that story, you can go back and download the episode Freaking Zombie Beaver and listen to that story. And we sent him a lovely gift all the way to the United States, which was, I don't even know how to describe it, it was, it was a dog, was it, it was actually it a was dog, a dog toy, yeah, that it was looked a, like a... It was a squeaky chocolate brownie with, I think, with, with, with foam on the top. And well, like, it looked like, like cream on the top. Like it that, it, it was hideous. And we sent it to him. And he sent us an email. And what did he say, Rob? Yeah. Um, hello. Thought, thought you might like to see who got the squeaky cake. Uh, this is my mother's golden retriever, Peanut. Uh, the squeaky part broke after about 30 minutes, which was actually a nice feature since she chewed on it for days. Oh, yeah. This means the dog and not his mother. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And, and you're saying he sent us a video. Yes. Can uh, we watch the video? Please? Yeah, I should be able to. Um, this is it. Oh, right. Oh, that's, sorry, I'm just looking at the still it's a bit. That's beautiful sorry. dog. Right, here goes. That is the sound oh. of the toy squeaking as the... Right now, the, the Labrador is lying down. Retriever. Retriever, sorry. Playing with the squeaky dog toy. Oh, oh, that's really nice. Somebody did get some youth out of it. Yeah. Oh, that was a very short video, Parker. But thank you. That, that's actually made my day. <laughs> Has it? Yeah. It was. Uh, I wouldn't put it on YouTube, but it was. Uh, it touched me somewhere. It's good to know. Um, I mean, uh, I, I enjoyed it because I used to have a golden retriever myself. And did you? Yeah. What well, when you were growing up? Yeah. What was the name of the golden retriever? Katie. What happened to Katie? She died. How did she die? Um, she was put down, actually. Oh, she why? Was, because she was... Well, the don't live particularly long. They lived between 12 and 14 years. Right. And uh, she was just getting old. So we shot her. Yeah. Rob, do you want to start us off this week? Yes. Uh, this story is from Nicola in Norwich. Um... A Nicola who's still awaiting her luxury <laughs> keyring in the post. Yeah, it'll go out this week. Have you, are you Probably. using your, the keyring on your keys yet? Uh, yes, yes I am. No, you're not, and no. neither am I. Come on, we've got to... I don't understand why it's in the drawer, and all I need to do is literally attach it to my keys, which usually sit next to it. Because you're embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed, but I'm, I'm not embarrassed by this podcast. I, I mean, I did do something quite sad yesterday. What? I was with my other half, and because she's looking to get an iPhone 5, so we went in to speak to uh, O2 about... Uh, mobile contracts 
And um, while she talked to the guy, I started playing around with one of the um, the iPhone five was on display. You know, they have the the. the um... oh, do they actually have genuine ones? Because often what they have in O two are just dummy phones. No, it? no, they had one that you could you could play around with. Right. And, you know, look at the operating system and so on. So I decided to go into the podcast app and bring up local anaesthetic and just leave it on the screen and leave. <laughs> what a great idea! Mm. We well, should go up to like London one day, trawl around the mobile phone shop, <laughs> and, and just do that. And then... Yeah. Yeah. I like to think someone picked it up and thought, what's this? Do you think we could pay a, um, a very gallon on their luck sort of vagrant? Um, we could just give them some sort of like, we'll give them a five pack of tinned corn to, <laughs> to, to, to do that for us. It's I a mean, nice that, idea. Would, that would be technically exploitation, I know, but they, not... they need to eat. We need to, our podcast money. Could we get a vagrant to stand on Oxford Street with one of those boards on him, That's like a, a sandwich board, or like that, like that golf sale sign you <laughs> But he can just be saying, listen to local anaesthetic. Yeah, that's a great idea. We could that. probably find somebody who, if we if we said we'll give you £30, would be willing to have it tattooed on their forehead. Mm. I think we should go down to the local job centre and chore around for scum down there. Sorry, not scum, employees. Uh, <laughs> and all of that was uh, sarcastic. Yeah, uh, neither I will endorse exploitation. No, 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 but I mean, some people should just get jobs. Um, so this story is from the Eastern Daily Press. Uh, like I said, it's sent it by Nicola. Uh, man hurt in drive-by egg attack in, <laughs> I think it's Caster. I think that's how it's pronounced. I, I, I haven't heard this place, Nicholas. So Caster? Could be. C-A-I-S-T-R. Caster? Caster? Caster! Don't know where that is. Um, egg attack. Egg drive, attack. Drive-by drive. egg attack is presumably our episode title. I or, think it must be. Or a perspective. Yeah. Um, the story's by Lucy Clapham. Uh, I'm assuming she doesn't live in Clapham. Uh, a man was injured in a drive-by egg attack in Caister after he was hit in the face with the egg thrown from a moving car. <laughs> I'd love to do that. It's the sort of thing that I, that I do fantasise about doing when I'm driving. Not yeah. throwing eggs, but I, 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 do, I, I often fantasise about... I'd quite like to just shout random abuse at passers-by because they'd just be completely bewildered. Why has this person just been yelling this? Get a car, you loser! Yeah, that thing, kind of thing, yeah. <laughs> things like that. Yeah. And thought of that one. <laughs> um, the 53-year-old victim was walking on the high street when the edible missile was launched at his head. <laughs> uh, he suffered minor cuts in the attack and police are now... Minor cuts from an egg? <laughs> no, I don't know. Think about this, right? I mean, I'm assuming it wasn't hard-boiled. I'm guessing it was just a raw egg. <laughs> But I think with a, if if the, if the egg was thrown with enough from ferocity, I reckon it, if it made contact with your head, I reckon it could be it could be a fair bit of damage. But imagine just walking down the street and out of nowhere you just get hit in the head with an egg. <laughs> <laughs> but you remember so I'm just flicking the peas out of the car window. <laughs> but you remember on one of our Christmas shows? I mean, people re- on Christmas Day just minding their own business outside of being hit with dead pigeons <laughs> from the roof <laughs> of a mental hospital. Yeah. And stones. To be fair, you'd expect that from a roof of men's hospital. <laughs> well, maybe. But you would think that birds are just falling out of the sky, wouldn't you? You would think that, 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 that someone would just take a revenge on you. Because, I mean, that's, that's, that's quite a nasty thing to happen. What, throw an egg at you? Yeah. For a moving car as well. It's not like someone had... Well, it's not that nasty. I'm taking issue with you here. It wasn't like it was a rock. Oh, he suffered minor injuries. Minor, minor cuts. cuts. Yeah, a few, oh, that means a, a few scratches. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, the assault happened between 9.10 and 9.25am uh, last Wednesday, January the 2nd. With a 15-minute window. Is that how long it took the egg to reach the car to the person? I think so, yeah. I think It's it a very, be... very long distance. <laughs> that, that egg actually hit somebody in London. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was, he, was, he was concussed and then it came, he, he managed to regain consciousness <laughs> at 9.25. Maybe he knocked out by an egg. <laughs> So he's just lying on the floor with the egg just dripping from his, from his face. Yeah. Uh, people rushing up trying to administer first aid. 
witnesses or anyone with information should call PC Nigel Greenard at Great Yarmouth on 101 or call Crime Stop. Can you imagine calling Crime Stop? Yeah, I'm, I'm the drive by Egg Egger. <laughs> I was saying that. I witnessed the Egg Attack. Uh, yeah, just call, call Crime Stoppers anonymously. Would you need to call anonymously? It wasn't like it's a vicious attack. Maybe it's in Norfolk, I don't know. I know about the Egg Attack, yeah. Yeah. Uh, on 0800 555 No comments. No comments. <laughs> Okay, Rob, my first story, um, I was going to read out last week, but if you remember, we sort of got distracted by reading that story about Alan Ames. Mm. Um, so this, but this did happen in early January. Um, and my, my father let me know about this story. Uh, he'd seen about it in the mail, but I'd actually... I don't know why my father's reading Daily Mail. He doesn't... Know, well, my mum tells me that apparently... Bit offensive, though. No, my mum tells me that apparently... He's a racist. He's got quite hooked into reading the mail online. This is a man who, when I was growing up, used to read The Independent back in the day, you know. So... He's not reading it for those, for the sidebar. No, he says he's never looked at that. He he, he apparently likes the funny, the funny animal stories and things like that. I don't know what he's Mm. doing. But, you know, it is. It's a drug, isn't it, the mail online? It is, Don't go near it. I was saying to people yesterday that I think when people catalogue the downfall of civilization. One of the, I've said before, I think our podcast will be one of the key things. But the Mail Online will be one of those key markers. Absolutely. Uh, if no one's ever read uh, or been to... Let's uh, uh, not promote it. No, 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 no. But this is apparently uh, the world's most visited website. I thought it was the second. The second most visited website no, in the world, I, I, I heard. That's what I heard. And then the, the news... It's right. the most visited news website in the world, yes. I heard. Um, and the sidebar of shame is basically where they, they, uh, they pick up celebrities who have maybe put on a few pounds or... Have had a, a, a wardrobe malfunction, or 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 or, or, or look good. Yeah, yeah. Anything. It's just all about looks, and then it's all down the side of this endless. In, it goes and, on to infinity, doesn't it? Really? And supposedly that passes as news, but I mean, uh, I suppose the, to most people it probably does. Anyway, this story. To return to my story, Rob. Yes. The, the, it's by Katie Clark. It was from the Bournemouth Echo, um, and the, they they reported this way before the mail did because it's okay. a story that's related to it. But it, 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 it touches me personally because <laughs> it um, relates to the 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 beach near to where my parents live in Dorset. Oh, okay. I should probably explain then to the listener the situation here. My parents have two houses. <clears throat> the reason for this is that they haven't. My parents middle class. My parents were both teachers growing up. Um, they did not have two houses. The only reason they have two houses is because my grandmother passed away and they renovated this house and they now spend most of their time in it as opposed to London. And they are actually going to sell the London house in due course, obviously, because there's no point in them having these two houses. So they mainly live down in Dorset. But where they live is five minutes... It's, it's in a place... It's near Christchurch. Um, it's in a place called, like, Muddiford. And it's five minutes walk... Literally five minutes, or even three minutes, from the coast. I think we did explain for our uh, continental and transatlantic listeners that Dorset is at the bottom of the UK. Uh, That's all they need to know. At the flat bit. At the flat bit at the bottom, yeah. Near the coast, where it's on the coast. Yeah, and beneath that would be the Atlantic. Uh, or the English Channel, as it's more commonly known. Oh, the English Channel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that English Channel would, would flow into the Atlantic. Yeah, once it? you pass Ireland, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> but it's still Atlantic water, Rob. Uh, no, it's the British Channel. But the water is the same, it all mixes together. No, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a barrier where it, it becomes the Channel. Is there? Yeah, it's been marked out at boys. <laughs> and there's a filter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to make sure you're in the right lane. 
Anyway, so on this beach, and when I say beach, it's not really a sandy beach. It's lots of like, well, there is sand. No, sorry, there is sand. But there's lots of stones and stuff like that in the sea. Now, my mum loves the beach, so she loves the fact they're so near it. And they have a beach hut. And the reason they have a beach hut is my grandmother had one. Posh. My grandmother had it. This is is from years, years back. So they, you know, so they have this also. But to be fair, they didn't just inherit the thing because you've got. They had to. They had to. You know, you have to pay for it. Once you buy it, if you pay for it, you don't have it. It's not yours. You're basically renting it per year, and it actually costs quite a lot of money. And these things are small. They're small beach ups, right? Now they are nice, but they're very small. There's no running water. There's no electricity to any of them. So they've got things down there like a wind up light, and you know, you've got your, you've got. Is it just a shed? Effectively, yeah, basically, but they're all very nice. You know, they're very. No, I, know, I can imagine. And they're can very imagine nice. It costs a small fortune. Well, yeah, so. no, but there are. Mu- if you go down to Hengesbury Head, which is further down, and that is a little area that is cut off. You have the only way you can get there is via this small boat, this little um, jetty thing. You have to pay to go over there, and and those beach huts there are they're like mini houses, and that that's where all. Uh, I mean, that you know, they cost like apparently they cost about one hundred twenty thousand pounds. Jesus Christ! Can you imagine? Yeah, it's, it's like a different. A garage, isn't yeah, it? and there's a lot of then there's a lot of you know quite well to do sort of surfer types wankers basically. Yeah, well <laughs> that that is kind of what I think when I've been there. Yeah, so these beach huts aren't like that. Anyway, look, that's all the context. I'm sure it's highly relevant. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is the headline. Okay, meet Keith. He's camping out for five days to secure a beach hut. R- right. <laughs> so a dedicated husband has found a unique way to prove his love for his wife. To prove his love for his wife by camping to get a beach hut at a popular Christchurch beauty spot. And this is where my parents' beach hut is. Okay. Right. Keith Jewell, 68, from Burley, has nabbed first place in the annual beach hut queue at Avon Beach in Muddiford to secure his fam- to ensure his family get their hands on a full summer season beach hut at the much-loved tourist destination. Right. The beach huts aren't available to book until Monday morning, but the couple wanted to ensure they were first in line. Keith said... My wife of 43 years hasn't been very well, so doing this is payback time for her putting up with me for so long. I love that phrase. I, don't, I wouldn't I'm use the phrase I'm payback not sure time. Payback's right. <laughs> That's Sounds like acting revenge. My wife of 43 years hasn't been very well, so doing this is payback time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure it was, No, I, I, I understand that it was meant as a nice change. <laughs> But maybe he should have rethought what he said there before actually saying it. It's payback time. <laughs> he continues, I fish in the bay and she sometimes comes and sits with it's me. A euphemism. <laughs> she sometimes comes and sits with me while he fishes in the bay. Uh, it might well be. This way, if the weather is awful, she can sit in the beach hut. So basically, <laughs> so basically saying, I still want to fish in the bay. Oh, dear, and she's okay. been complaining about it. Presumably, this is putting two and two together. Presumably, she did, she did the whole reason she hasn't been very well is because she's been sitting on this boat out with him in all weather. So, so I'm guessing, yeah, she's unwell and he's fucked off to do some shit. And, and so she said, look, we can't do this anymore because it's making me ill. And he said, no, I'm getting, I'm continuing this, so my way around it is to get you a beach up that you can just sit in and shut up. But there's no guarantee that she'll actually want this. <laughs> <laughs> no. And then he said, our grandchildren will love it. Well, yeah, more, probably more than your wife will. Keith, who arrived on Wednesday, said the couple came down to Avon Beach on New Year's Day and looked at the notice and saw there was only there was one seasonal beach hut on offer. Okay. His wife Christine says we didn't know when to start queuing and wondered whether to leave it until the weekend. In the end, I just told him to come down. We just looked at each other and said we've got to do it. So she does. She does want it. Right? Oh, okay. Okay. Keith said his first night camping out in his fishing shelter was good and said the nature he saw was amazing. The nature, the nature I saw was amazing. What nature? Do you mean the sea? He meant when he, when he, he caught a fish and then smashed its head against a rock. 
Probably. He said the foxes were along the beach and there was a seal out there this morning, he said. Bollocks! I, I fucking grew up down there. I didn't grow up. I used to go there obviously frequently as a child. I've never seen a bloody seal. No, there are seals off the coast of uh, Dorset. He's kind of making out that it was there on the beach going... Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I think that's sexist. Sexist? Or racist. Animalist? Is that a word? No, animalist. Where did sexist come from? I don't know. And then he said everybody's been so hospitable to us. Really thoughtful. Christine has been bringing me homemade soup, and I've had fish and chips. I think she feels guilty. So, with that again? Uh, Christine, his wife, has yeah. bringing me, been bringing me homemade soup, and I've had fish and chips. I think she feels guilty. So okay, okay. She's providing him the food. I don't expect to be alone for long now. I think more people will come down at the weekend, he said, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so I added that. This whole area is stunning. The whole setup down here is wonderful, and a credit to the staff. Full seasonal lets are popular because once families have secured them, the hut is theirs until they choose to give it up. So it's in my family now, this hut. Like a council house. Exactly. There are a number of... (laughs) There are a number of six-week lets available as well as weekly huts. Okay. Right. Comments. Uh, I should say that there was a follow-up to this and uh, he did secure the beach hut. Oh, that's, that's good to know. Yeah. Pokes down Mark says, Good luck to Keith. But that really is a rubbish system for allocating beach huts. <laughs> By only allocating beach huts to people able to be at one location for a period of time, they actively discriminate against families with young children and the disabled. The council must come up with a system which doesn't only work for those with no current obligations, whether working or caring for others. Council really should look into this. The council legal department really should look into this before somebody else does. Is that a threat? Could be. HRH of Boscombe says, Knife one, Keith Jewel, a lovely thing to do for your wife. You may be sick of the whole place by Wednesday, though. <laughs> Mr. E says, Are you allowed to camp out on the beach overnight? I hope poor old Keith isn't arrested for vagrancy. <laughs> <laughs> O'Reilly says, Blimey, those beach huts must be like gold dust. The age of chivalry is not dead then. Well done, fella. Uh, Raggy, nut195, says, Is there anything more overrated than the beach hut? I'd agree with that. My mum might like me for saying it, but I'd agree. Uh, Guzel says, conservatories? Hmm? Yeah, yeah. Hessenford says, Keith Jewell obviously loves his wife very much after 43 years. Good luck, matey. Just Dreaming says, beach huts on the Brit, Brit coast... Beach huts on the Brit coastline. What a morbid way to waste time. <laughs> still, still, I suppose you can always set up a darts competition. <laughs> Uh, Sar72 says what a wonderful husband good luck to him and his wife uh, Guzel says beach huts are a good way th- right for some reason they've written a line and then pressed enter midway through the line they've kept doing it so it looks like a poem so right. the sentence is bizarrely cut up so I'm going to read it as if it were a poem maybe it's a haiku yeah that's what it looks like okay. I'm going to read it as if it were that beach huts are a good way to spend a few days away from home and if you have kids or grandchildren must be better than having to fight for a spot on the sand. Genius. Well, that's one word for it. Madras says, sounds like the recipe for a great marriage. He gets to fish and his wife has somewhere sheltered from the elements. <laughs> There's a marriage yeah, in, the, in the climbing years. Um, oh, that's a good news story. <laughs> but I can tell you're vaguely pissed off by the, this whole culture down there. You, you don't like it, do you? Well, this is a socialist in you coming out. At the end of the day... Um, it's a lifestyle down there, that's what you've got to understand. There is a lifestyle down there where people 
you know, if it, you know, right, where my parents live, right, my parents are they are only in their early sixties, right, early sixties. They've just turned sixty, so that's literally the earliest you can get. <laughs> but, um, but thank you for clarifying. You know, that area of the world apparently has the most old people in it. You know, Christchurch around there of the whole of the UK. It's where people go to retire. Yes, I know. I mean, I I, I went to um, I went down to Eastbourne, and uh, I mean, well, I Eastbourne's not near Dorset. No, but it's 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 still on the south coast. Yeah, um, overlooking the Atlantic. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, it, uh, Eastbourne, for those who don't know, is it's typically known as God's waiting room because of the amount <laughs> of uh, OAPs and the, um, those, oh, no, those in their twilight years uh, <laughs> who, are, who are basically waiting for death. Yes. Uh, but no, I mean, uh, no, I know that sort of uh, areas of Bournemouth in North But I would agree with you. When we're exactly talk- but we are talking about a lot of that being people who go down to retire who've had, who, who you know, there's still a bit of money around there. In yeah, the absolutely. Because yeah. When I used to go down there and see my grandmother, who was not, you know... It wasn't, this area was, you know, there was nothing particularly special about it at all. Over the years, the amount of money that has yeah, been pumped in there, on this road that overlooks the sort of coast, you've got like three million pound homes. I mean, it's just crazy. Everybody now wants to be near the sea, didn't they? It all started with Harry Redknapp, wasn't it, when he moved to Sandbanks? Uh, yes. I don't know. I don't know. No, that's true. No. Yeah. Uh, well, no, apparently, it actually goes back, this is where I can tell you an interesting fact if you'd like to hear it. No. Okay. No, go on then. Um... When King George II, I believe, went to Weymouth, all the the townhouses used to were facing away from the sea. Why? Because they didn't really they didn't believe that it was anything that special. special. Yeah. yeah. Then he came down there, and they turned all the and then that's how they formed the promenades. All the all the they they turned they built the houses to face the sea. Um, and also, you're telling me that when he came down, they went on a big house building program to prepare for his arrival. Yeah, because it was, because it was the first time he'd ever been to, to Weymouth, and, and everybody so, wanted to see. Yeah, him. and also they, they believed back in those times that the, the, the sea had health benefits, and he used to drink the seawater on a daily basis. All right, okay, I hear your facts, but that doesn't explain why people build houses to face the sea because people do that the whole world over. They do it because it's nice to look out over the ocean. Well, maybe the people of uh, Weymouth were slightly backward. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Rob, have you got a story for us? Yes, uh, this is another story sent in uh, by Nicola. Uh, this is from um, the Norwich uh, Evening News, not the Eastern Daily Press. Um, it, the the... Norwich Evening News. Oh, I see, right. Um, there is a video attached to this. Um, the headline is. We've got Norfolk style teenagers YouTube spoof tops hey, 150,000 hits. Yes, Do you? I've watched it. Have you seen it? Yes. I haven't even watched it yet. Have you not watched no. it? No. Uh, no, we shouldn't play it out, I don't think. No, no for I suppose copy reasons. No, I don't think it's copyright, but because it's on YouTube. But. Um, <laughs> Um, go on, read the story. I mean, I do know this. I have seen the video. It is good. I have seen the one that's called Eaton Style. Oh. Which is done by the boys at Eaton. Is that good? It's brilliant if you've never seen it. And are they very posh? Uh, they are, but it talks about how uh, <laughs> how actually quite uh, lonely they are. <laughs> it's very clever. You need to watch you can, it. You can watch it, though, oh, I think. You should you should watch this. Okay. okay. The story's by Mark Shields. Uh, what I'll do, I'll read the story first, and then we'll watch the video. Uh, it's a dance floor sensation that's proved to be one of the biggest hits of 2012. And Norfolk finally... Finally has its own version, yeah, because that's the thing North has been screaming out for. This, I mean, obviously I did become aware of the whole Gangnam Style thing eventually. I mean, it probably took me a, f- a few months I'm after sure the event. Did, yeah. But what I don't understand is, 
when is he going to release it? Has he ever released another single? To my knowledge, he hasn't. Right, he's huge in Korea. This is his seventh but album. He's not just huge in Korea. Oh, right, I thought he was already huge, you mean? Yeah, basically. And this, is, this... this happens to have made the transition. Yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, this song apparently, yeah, was, it became an internet hit, a sensation. And then uh, he was he signed to a, a massive, he signed a multi-million pound record deal in the US. Yeah. And so he'll but be released. I, I just can't imagine that anything that he follows up with is going to be as popular. No, of course it's not. But, but he, not even I, mean, I, I would, I would uh, say it's safe bet to say that the, he will be a one-hit wonder. Or, or, or will it just sound exactly the same? Well, it's funny enough, I was thinking about this this morning. Do you remember the, the number one hit single when we were growing up called Cotton Eye Joe? Yes, of course. And it went something like Cotton Eye Joe, Cotton Eye Joe, da 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 da. And uh, yeah. they had a follow-up single. Yeah, yeah. That was identical. Yes. Called Poppin and Oak, <laughs> and went Poppin and Oak, Poppin and Oak, exactly like Cotton Eye Joe. It was identical. They just thought we'll just do different words. Now I wonder if Gangnam Style is going to be his follow-up is going to be very similar to that. I w- it wouldn't surprise me. Can I just say that um, Cotton Eye Joe? Now I can't. Um, think about without associating with uh, a video that I saw on do you remember Euro Trash yeah yeah there was a, there's a Euro Trash video um, which was uh, well they've taken I'm not sure whether it was Cotton Eye Joe actually performing but um, let's just say there was some scanty clad ladies dancing uh, while they performed in the background so whenever you hear I remember that on Euro Trash <laughs> and so you're saying whenever you think of Cotton Eye Joe you think of um Topless women. Oh, topless they were, women. They were, t- were topless, oh, no, and I they were dancing in, directly in the foreground while the, while the band played in the in the, in the uh, the distance. Right. Well, if they actually had the performance, I'm sure that Cotton Eye Joe were in the video. Okay, this is a big tangent. Just get no, on with Cotton Eye Joe. Whoever did that was were they called Cotton Eye Joe? No, I don't know. Oh, who cares? Uh, anyway, so story. Um, I'm guessing that's, that name is Wild. Teenager Wild James spoofed for the Korean smash hit Gandam style entitled Norfolk style celebrates a way of life centred upon driving tractors, milking cows and making cider. Yes. <laughs> Nothing like a few stereotypes. Um, but the six-year-old wrote, recorded and edited the video during his Christmas holidays and saw it clock up more than 1,600,000 views on, YouTube's, on YouTube in just three days. Sorry, 160,000 views. Gangnam style is one of the biggest things out there. And there weren't any Norfolk parodies on YouTube, so I thought I'd give it a go, said Mr. James of Durham Road, Norfolk. I've tried to get as many funny Norfolk stereotypes in there as possible, and I've had really good responses so far. The Notre Dame sixth, form, uh, sixth former uh, enlisted the help of friend Matteo Jarvis for the video, which is filmed in half an hour on Thursday and uploaded the following day. After links to the video were posted on Facebook and Twitter and reposted by Norwich, Norwich City striker Grant Holt, it received more than 45,000 views within 24 hours and was selected as one of the YouTube featured videos. It's crazy the, the reaction we've had, said Mr. Joe, uh, Mr. James. Um, there have been so many positive comments and it's just confirmed what I was trying to do. No one seems to have taken offence from it, unfortunately. Uh, fortunately. Not unfortunately. No, um, he's wrong. They have. Yeah, he's talking bollocks because on the YouTube, um, on the YouTube site, some of the comments of people from Norfolk clearly taking offence because of the phrase "instead of oh sexy lady, it's oh inbred lady." Yeah, there, there are actually comments below this story. <laughs> exactly oh, right. the same thing. Do um, you want to watch a bit of it for yourself, Rob, so you can see what it's about? Yeah, let me just move, I have to finish this comment. Uh, most people seem to be seem to see the humorous side. Mr. James is already considering a follow-up video to capitalise on the success of Norfolk style, but he says this will take some time. And it will be shit. Yeah. Uh, I haven't got a clue what it would be yet, uh, but I want it to be a good one. At the moment, I'm, I'm enjoy- um, jo- sorry. At the moment, I'm still enjoying what I've done. Uh, we've been on the laptop three days straight. 
I thought we missed the boat a bit uh, because there have been so many other parodies, but it's still popular. It's a strange fe- feeling thinking that people from Australia and South Africa have been watching a video we made. Okay. Should we give this a go then? I've seen it. I want you to see it. I heard about this on Talk Sport of all places. Really? That's when I downloaded it. Let me just turn the volume up. We got Norfolk style. It's a very, very amateurly made video. Amateurish video. Okay, I think I, I, I think I can get where this is going. He's an odd-looking guy. Yeah, he's um, he's uh, rotund. I think is is, is the right word. Comments. Comments. Um, okay, there's only five. Um, Music Man says this video is brilliant. Well done, Wild. Uh, Rocky Four says comments such such as the above are obvious from people. Who don't bother that the chorus indicates repeatedly that Norfolk women are inbred. Surely you have mothers, sisters, wives, or girlfriends. Yes. Yeah. All uh, part of the same family. Yeah. <laughs> um, Indigo Wagonact says, How can such uh, vir- virulent self denigration, the depiction of an acute attack, <laughs> sorry, a calcified tabloid brain spanking, be positive for Norf- Norfolk's image? Is this supposed to go with the cabbage heads? Hang on, that person's got a great use of language. That's Chris Morris type language. Read that. Read that okay. bit about the brain spanking bit again. Okay, uh, I'm miserable. All right, how can such virulent self-denigration, depiction of an acute attack of calcified tabloid brain spanking? Hang be- on. So what about acute attack of calcified brain spanking as an episode title? Yeah, that's because we have to pick up on that amazing use of language. That's brain amazing. spanking. Yeah, that is that is day to day. That is day to day language. Absolutely. Is that not just an awful man trying to prove that he's he's aver- he's, he's uh, intelligent than the average average folk of? Uh... I don't know. Mm, just just a thought there. Um, and the last comment is from Stephen Watkins. Sorry, Stephen Watson. Even uh, at fifty-seven years old, a Norfolk born and bred, and proud of it. I think this is a show of a good sense of humour for a young couple, as a singer says he is Norfolk born and bred. It's far better than going round va- vandalising and assaulting persons and property. I seem to remember a lot of schoolboy jokes about other parts of the country, and it's been taken in good heart. But we really have got to the stage when we think that we are the prim proper. Sorry, there's no punctuation in this whatsoever. I'm guessing that um, we can't see our young doing no different than we did 50 years ago. If so, where's the TARDIS? I want to go back and live in an era of laughs. Good luck, boys. What a ridiculous comment. (laughs) A 57-year-old, sir, I think you should try and, you know, venture into the world of grammar. Right, Rob, we're going to finish with a story from each of us, aren't we, relating to Mr Andrew Parks? Because you've got a story from that you found on the New Shopper. This from, is from the back catalogue, yeah. From, a, from way back when that he wrote. But I've got his editor's eye this week. And anybody who hasn't been listening over the last couple of weeks, go back and listen to the, to the episode over the last few weeks because you'll know that I've been reading out stories from uh, the editor of the New Shopper, my local free paper, who releases a story once every week. And Rob and I have been becoming increasingly exasperated by these because we've been yeah. saying, basically, he just... He, he talks Every week he talks about a new, tired, old topic, something that's been talked about over and over again. 
and it's got nothing to do with anything that's in the weekly news. No, not at all. Now, what's one of the things, Rob, that we said last week we could imagine him talking about next? Or we... no, we didn't say what we could imagine him talking about next. What's one of the things that we said we could imagine him... What do we speculate on? Come on, Rob. Think now. I know. I'm just seeing if you can remember. I thought you would remember. Was it my suggestion? No. Oh, I can't remember. I only like to listen to my comments. Traffic Warden, do you remember that? Oh, yes. Oh, no, really? Well, it's related. You, okay. would, not believe, you would not believe it. In right. the same way that Jack Reacher was related to his last article and the fact that it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, it's Wednesday, the 16th of January. It's by Andrew Parks, the editor of The New Shopper. And the headline is, Council should be honest about parking charges. Okay. And the story is, if you can call it a story... I mean, again, this is like... This is the sort of debate you'd hear on, on you know, like uh, Nicky Campbell doing, you know, ten years ago or whatever. Is, is he trying to speculate that Bromley Council are lying about their charges? Is that, is that the gist of the story? Should councils be more honest about the reasons behind their parking charges? Yes, of course it is. <laughs> is any council out there honest enough to admit parking charges are purely and simply a way of generating revenue? He is... Do you know what? One, one week he's going to write an article, oh, Rob, you're going to lose it. One, one... Rob is... Rob, Rob got his head in his hands. Rob... One week he's going to start talking about that he's discovered that when you let something go out of your hand or you drop it, it falls to the ground. And he thinks that there must be some sort of... Uh... Witchcraft involved. <laughs> no, no, I think he's going, to make, he's going to make some vague vague allusion to something which he thinks might be called gravity. He's not going to call it gravity, he'll call it something else. But he keeps coming up with these ideas and talking about them as if he's the first person that's thought of them. We know this. What's he going to start doing next? Complaining about, you know, why the trains don't run on time. Has, has any council ever been trying to give the impression that, 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 that parking charges didn't work just to, uh, to oh, no, they do, generate they? revenue? They do. They fit to make sure that, you know, that um, traffic and everything moves around fine and that people aren't parked in places where they shouldn't be. Okay. That's, the, that's the, the outward story. Right, OK. So he says, Is any council there honest enough to admit parking charges are purely and simply a way of generating revenue? Why don't they stop the pretense, fess up to the fact it's all about the cash, and then we could accept it? If I get fined, clamped or towed for parking illegally, I won't be looking for sympathy. But don't take me for a fool and pretend the primary reason for parking charges is to keep the traffic flowing, clear a path for fire engines, or provide residents with spaces. If this is really the case... Can I, can I just take issue? I, I, I would suggest that maybe clearing a path for fire engines is probably a valid reason for Yes, but he's saying these are the reasons that they give, and he's saying they're not genuine. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm saying that, I'm saying that I, I suggest that might be a, a, a valid point. But If this really is the case, Rob, then adopt the parking scheme where tickets are issued freely. You still have to park legally and correctly, and if you don't bother to display a free ticket, then you are fined. Surely nobody can complain then. But making bonus payments to job-worth parking attendants, so he did get onto traffic wardens, I told you, for the number of tickets they hand out, (sighs) issuing fines in ridiculous situations, for example, a ticket is displayed incorrectly or one wheel is on a white line, only serves to inflame the situation and create bad feeling all round. There can't be any excuse for abusing or attacking parking wardens in any situation, but with the current policy of local councils, you can see how it happens. There is hardly a day goes by when I don't walk down the high street and witness a full-blooded argument between a driver and a parking warden. I have yet to hear the Every word. single day. You witness that every single day. Yes, he does. Right. It's him, that's what. I have yet to hear the words, in quotes, the council needs this money and there's no way to get away with it. In fact, I want to thank you for breaking the rules because if no one did try to abuse the system, me and all my colleagues would be out of a job. I look forward to the day when we get some honesty. Do you think it's reasonable for councils to charge for parking? Have you been the victim of any parking injustices? Add your comments below. Oh, gosh. Now, you will remember, Rob, 
that when he first started writing these articles, I, I said to you that part of what I feel is going on with these articles is he tries to write about things which he thinks are going to get a lot of comments because then that gets... Um, you know, a traffic to the website. Mm. But you remember last week he, he managed to get, get two comments. Two. Yeah. This week it's three. <laughs> and that's in a week. People don't, because people, it's pointless journalism. This, this is the thing. He's going to eventually end up getting sacked. Well, I don't know. He's in charge. But here's the comments. Lord Righteous says, the best article you've come up with. It seems the Christmas break has worked wonders for you. Keep it up. I believe that is a genuine comment. Golden Broom Boy Golden Broom Boy says Westminster Council yes but in all fairness Bromley Council don't strike me as being vindictive I did receive one parking ticket from Bromley which I successfully contested I keep the penalty notice together with the letter from the adjudicator as a trophy nice and Polly State final comment says sorry Golden Broom Boy but I reckon Bromley are just as bad as the other rent seekers around London Westminster being league champions <laughs> uh, Rob and I have personal experience of Westminster yeah um, and uh, yeah I mean uh, there's actually uh, there's a few months back there's a documentary on, on Westminster Park yeah if you've you never seen the, the documentary, apparently they're 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 outsourced to, to companies, and basically they were just trying. To, I think it was just fair. They were just trying to make money. Um, it, it's the fact that parking wardens were waiting for the parking meters to, to actually expire, and actually literally waiting on the corner, waiting, knowing that they, they would they would tick over the next few minutes, and literally as soon as they did, they would issue tickets. And I lived in Westminster for five years, and I will say uh, um, that yeah, I mean you had residents parking and things like that. But I mean, the parking situation just was incredible. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they were um, fascistic. I think is the best word to describe it. Um, what an amazing story! Yes, well, in that it isn't. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if anything, now they're just getting worse. They're getting more and more tedious. Yeah. Basically, after the last show, we decided to do a bit of background research because we, we were speculating on how long Andrew Parks has been the editor of the New Shopper. Now we believe that. He either he's he's had two successive spells as the editor with a break in between, or he's been in charge for quite some time. We're not entirely sure. Anyway, this story relates to. But, so, but, but what we did find out was that for some reason, I think it was to do with. I think Andrew Parks must have done something around the time of the riots. Yes. And Ian Hislop, editor of Private Eye, and who, a regular on Have I Got News for You? And regular on Have I Got News for You, has actually called Andrew Parks in quotes Britain's angriest hack. Which, considering you know he's up against stiff competition from, let's face it, the Daily Mail, uh, is quite an accolade. I Especially feel. just the editor of some two-bit newspaper. Yeah, exactly. So, we're, so we're, we need to let Ian his lot know at some stage about our podcast. Oh, yeah, we want to enjoy that. listening to uh, our stories about Andrew Parks. Yeah. So this is from the back catalogue. So this is from the archive, going back to the twelfth of April, two thousand and five. The story is by Andrew Parks. Uh, this is the first time I've ever featured a story by the new shop myself. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, get out of my territory. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. Oh, oh. Ba- back off. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't realise. Um, this headline is politically incorrect, and the story question goes, mark. Uh, no, just politically incorrect. Right. Uh, and the story goes thus: political correctness gone stark raving mad. So even then, he was writing. Tired old stories. <laughs> in 2005. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he redigs, re- you know, digs this one back up. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. This week I was on the receiving end of the most incredible out- outburst from a political official. In all my years as a journalist, I have never been subject to such an amazing attack against my integrity <laughs> and the integrity of my staff. Oh, oh. Completely out of the blue, a top Liberal Democrat to- took it upon himself to accuse the new shop reporters of being homophobic. 
Do we know which Liberal Democrat this was? Yes, uh, Duncan Barrowman. Right. Who's a kind of con- who was the campaign's officer? Of being homophobic. Yeah. And the reason for this outburst? They contracted all candidates in the forthcoming election, e- elections to ask for details so voters could read about them in the newspaper and form opinions about the individuals. By now, Liberal Democrat candidate and Party HQ have distanced themselves from the national campaign's officer, Duncan Barrowman, uh, saying that they are disappointed by his ridiculous comments. I echo their view that at least Duncan Barrowman has, has had some sense to apologise, but still have to question the reason behind his outburst. So, so what actually did happen? The... Um, it goes into more detail. Right. Every election, New Shopper asks candidates to supply the paper with their general details, their, pi- their name, a picture, their age, occupation, whether they're married, whether they have children, and a hundred words telling voters why they should elect them. We have always published details fairly and accurate- accurately without prejudice of any sort. For Mr. Barrowman to claim asking for such information in 2005 is irrelevant to the election and by inference homophobic. <laughs> well, there is some inference, though, isn't there? Because you, they are saying that they're, they're saying, are, "Are you married? Do you have children?" I mean, and the, implica- the implication seems to be that that is important to whether or not you're going to be a good politician. It shouldn't make any difference, really, should it? Let's be honest. It doesn't it? It shouldn't make any difference whether you're a politician, whether you're single or not. I mean, should should your home life be? Revealed to the to the voting public. I don't really. Well, no, know. I personally think it should. Yes. Mm, okay. I per- no, I personally don't see any problem. I don't think that. I don't think. I don't agree with this whole idea that what you do in your public life doesn't have any influence on. Uh, sorry, what you do in your private life doesn't have any influence on your public life. I think, of course, it does. But the problem is here is when you're specifically asking questions: Are you married? Do you have children? That seems to be saying you need to be fitting a certain sort of category of individual Absolutely. to be a politician. Because, of course, you could be single, or you could be gay, or you could be, you know, asexual. I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and he goes on to say, it's not just political correctness gone mad, it's simply absurd. For the record, Mr. Barrowman, none of this information is irrelevant to voters, or you suggest no member of staff at New Shopper is homophobic, and to date, no one else in the Liberal Democrat Party has had the slightest hesitation in sharing their details with the electorate. For your information, it's not against uh, employment law to ask someone their marital status. And just so you're totally clear, I stand by my statement. Your comments follow this perfectly reasonable request for information about candidates, say a great deal more about, about you than they do the new shopper. This is not just libelous, as you suggest, but a statement of fact. <laughs> Mr. Barrowman himself is not, has now issued the following apology. Uh, I will give you one apology, just the one. <laughs> that's his apology? No, this is, that's, that's Andrew Park's uh, statement in, in brackets. That so, is... So Andrew Parks is now apologising to him? No, no. He's a, uh, uh, Mr. Barrowman is apologising to the new shopper. So Andrew Barrowman's apology goes, I will give you one apology, and then Andrew Parks has, has, com- has commented back to saying, just the one. Oh, right. Um, that is to you, or any of your staff, if I gave you the impression you were homophobic. I will retract my position that I consider it totally inappropriate to ask for or publish information. Lib Democrat leader uh, Charles Kennedy, then, the then, then Lib Democrat leader, yeah. when, he, when he wasn't drinking, married information taken from the party's website, declined to comment about any statement made by Duncan Barrowman. Uh, and just and just so you know, um, Mr Parks has answered these details himself. Okay, so name, Andrew Parks. Occupation, journalist. Well, that's debatable. <laughs> party, neutral. Age? Neutral. <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. well, uh, age 42. <laughs> God. So uh, he's, he's, uh, he's, uh, 40, no, it's like 49 now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, married to Julia Parks. 
Julia Parks. Yeah. She sounds nice. Children. Uh, I think Denise that's... Fernando. Sierra. Female. Sierra Parks sounds like a porn star. No? Sierra. Sierra Parks. Yeah, Sierra Parks. Um, spelled C-E-A-R-A. Sierra? Is that... C-E-R-A? Yeah. That's not Sierra. Where are you getting the Sierra? Sierra would have an I and an E in it, wouldn't it? Not necessarily. You could have said C. C. C-E-A-R-A. Oh, right. Yeah. Sierra? Sarah? No, I don't know. That's very interesting. Is it just a bastard way of saying Sarah? Who knows? Anyway, yes. Uh, and Hallam, male, age seven. Hallam? Hallam. Sierra and Hallam. That's in like Sheffield Hallam, yeah. Wow, Hallam Parks. Have to say, Parks as a surname makes a lot of these names sound good. Hallam Parks, that's a good name. And Sierra Parks is a good name. And Julia Parks is a good name. Andrew Parks isn't. <laughs> but I mean, uh, definitely the, uh, uh, the names of middle class children, would you not think? No, nothing wrong with that, Rob. No, no, I'm not saying there is. And just in the interest of clarity, also, uh, if you want to go to the website, you can also find out the other the details of the other candidates running that time, and uh, <laughs> whether they have children, whether they're married, um, if, if they're gay, if they like, um, I don't know, film noir films, what their music tastes are, and uh, and what their favourite sexual position is. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> just to say as well, just to follow up, um, we've discussed this on the last podcast and we think we're going to set up the Andrew Parks appreciation page on Facebook, which will be linked to the local anaesthetic because I feel that, um, well, just to get people reading these editors, eye because these editors, eye comments, because I do have a feeling that one week they're just going to stop. Cause do you know how they just started out of nowhere? Yeah. They will just stop and we'll just never hear from him again. Yeah, I think that might, that might be the case. I mean, I think we need to raise, raise awareness of Andrew Parks, and I think the FaceWave campaign is the best way to do it. Okay, any other business? No. No? Good. Take care. God bless. What do I usually say? Take care. Take care. I'll just stop my line for me. Have a good week. Bye.